The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about building a business that finds automatic customers. Joining us is John Warlow, who is the president at the Value Builder System, which takes a systematic approach to leveling the playing field for small business owners as they approach their exit. The Value Builder System's goal is to empower 1 million business owners by the year 2030 with a statistically proven methodology that boosts the value of a company by up to 71%. John is also the author of one of the most impactful books I've ever read, which is called Built to Sell. He's also written another book called The Art of Selling Your Business, and he recently published a new book called The Automatic Customer, and he's the host of the Built to Sell radio podcast, which is one of my regular listens. John is truly someone who I respect, and we've modeled a lot of the business of the MarTech podcast after what he's done with Built to Sell. It's truly an honor to have him on the show. All right, here's my conversation with John Warlow, president at the Value Builder System. John, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, good to be with you, Benjamin. Such a privilege. I mentioned in the intro, you've had a big impact on my business, on my life because of your work and your writing. I've modeled a lot of what we do here at the MarTech Podcast. After what you've done at Built to Sell, it's absolutely a privilege to have you on the show. Thank you for being our guest first and foremost. Oh, man. I feel like I got to be good if you're going to give me that kind of intro. I will do my best to not blow too much sunshine your way. <laughs> but truly, I, I am a fan of your work. And I want to talk a little bit about that. You've got a couple of different irons in the fire with the Built to Sell brand, which is a book, a podcast, the Value Builder System. And then you've got some other books related to the art of selling and the automatic customer. Give us the lay of the land of how you think about your business. Yeah, I mean, really, Built to Sell is about how do you build, accelerate, and harvest the value of a company. And our audience tends to be entrepreneurs with generally between 1 and 10 million in annual sales. They know everything there is to know about their company, but very little about exiting. So we try to help them with different resources through the podcast, through the articles, and the blog. That sort of naturally segues to Value Builder, where we have a system we provide to advisors. It's a software platform, effectively, that advisors use to coach their clients through the process of value building. So if you want to think about brands built to sell as our brand for business owners, 
Value Builder is really our brand for advisors. We have a thousand advisors around the world who have licensed the system and use it as a way to provide a turnkey value building practice inside their professional services firm. So that audience is advisors. Let's talk a little bit about your brand approach. This is a podcast for marketers. And as much as I want to learn about the way to build value in your organization, you built the Built to Sell brand, the Value Builders brand, and obviously the books as well. How do you think about managing multiple different brands and finding a purpose and a different customer for each one of them? Yeah, really, it's about who's the customer. That's something that we've struggled with. And it's something that we continue to have internal debates. In. And this is a goofy thing to even say, but at Value Builder, we ask the question, like, who is our ideal customer? And it seems like such an innocuous, basic question, but there's really two answers for that. Is our customer the end business owner who we aim to serve through the Value Builder system? Or is it the person who pays our bills, which is the advisor who licensed the system, which they in turn use with their customers? And we've gone through a fairly lengthy debate internally about that. And you could think about this in the context of like, let's take Ford, for example. Ford actually doesn't sell cars to consumers. Ford sells cars to dealerships and the dealerships sell cars to consumers. But when Ford advertising and marketing sits down and says, how are we going to advertise the new Mustang electric car? It's not like they're thinking about how do we market it to the dealers. The lion's share of their thinking goes to how do we market to consumers? So we had the same debate internally. At Value Builder, our ultimate aim is to help business owners, but they're not our customers. They don't actually pay our bills. So what we've chosen to do recently, in fact, Ben, is distinguish the two brands and say Value Builder really is for advisors. It's a practice management software effectively for professional advisors, whereas Built to Sell is the brand where the ultimate customer is the business owner. But we've had that debate a lot internally about how to stick handle, and particularly through a distributed business model where the end consumer, the person you aim to influence is not necessarily the person who pays your bills. And that's a challenge. It sounds like the primary customer, the person that pays your bills or this advisor group who are using the value builders, but you're doing marketing to the end consumer to drive demand. So there's a need for your products and services. Let's talk a little bit about driving that demand and built to sell. My friend, Emilian, who actually works in security software, was like, hey, you're doing a podcast. You just started the MarTech podcast. Here's one I like about selling your business. Listen to Built to Sell Radio, which made me think I should read the Built to Sell book. Interesting. That's really not the usual journey, but that's really cool. Yeah. Normally it goes the book to the podcast, but I went the other way around. Talk to me about the Built to Sell brand and what are some of the core messages actually specifically about the book? What's the thought process behind building something to sell? The whole idea behind the book and everything that we do is instead of chasing revenue, which is the prevailing wisdom and narrative among most entrepreneurs, right? Most entrepreneurs, we know, we say, hey, we just made the 5,000 list or they'll puff out their chest at an EO meeting and say, hey, we hit a million dollars or $5 million or $10 million of top line revenue. And we subscribe to the idea that revenue is vanity and value is sanity. That in fact, what you should be chasing is building the value of your company and herein lies the kind of core idea. And that is that for your business to be valuable, it has to be something that will work without you. And that is really the essence of a valuable company is that when you take the owner out of the equation for a moment, does the business continue to thrive? And that's really the essence of all of the work that we do is, is how do you structure it? And this is not a new concept. Michael Gerber, of course, the very famous author who wrote The E-Myth, 
sort of coin this term work on, not in your company, similar principles. But the idea is that for your company to have transferable value, you could sell it effectively one day. It has to succeed without you. When I read Built to Sell, I wasn't at a million dollars in revenue. I was at probably about $10,000 of revenue. I had just left running the marketing department at an early stage startup. I started a professional services business. I had brought on my first client and I didn't know what I was doing. I was in what I call the ATM phase, which is anything for money. And somebody needed some marketing help. And I said, great, I'll take it. And fortunately for me, I ran into the podcast and the book. And while creating a system where the owner can be replaced from the business is one of the primary takeaways, one of my biggest takeaways was building a set of systems and products for a services business. Instead of saying, I'm going to come in and solve your problems, it was, these are the things that I can sell you. Here are my products. Here's how I'm packaging the work that I'm doing in a formalized, systematic way, which led me from being a, I'm a random marketing consultant to, I am someone who does brand development and marketing strategy. And here's how I think about the differences between these two products. And because they're products, here's how I sell them. Here's how much they cost. And here's how long it takes to deliver. And I have a standard deliverable, which helped me scale my consulting business. So A, Thank you. You're welcome. Are you over 10 grand now, by the way? Just tell me you're over 10 grand. Yeah, we are over 10 grand. It was hugely impactful. And nice. ironically, I listened to your book. I'd listened to it as an audio book first, and then I read it to make sure I actually soaked everything in. But when I went back to the podcast, as my consulting business scaled from, okay, I've got a client that's paying me $10,000. Now I got to go find other ones. I went through this process of standardizing, you know, of, of productizing my services, the consulting business hit a ceiling and I went back to try to grow the audience using the podcast and the podcast, the MarTech podcast grew much faster than I ever expected it would. And I decided that that was actually going to be the core product and that I was going to be a podcast host because I felt that there was a higher ceiling running a media business than a professional services business. And now I'm still using the same things that I've learned from Built to Sell in the sense of I might be the talent, but I need to replace myself from ad sales and marketing and operations. And it's helped us scale the MarTech podcast to be multiple different podcasts and with an eye on creating more of a network of business shows. So that said, this isn't about me. As you start to think about not only reaching the people who are a million to five million in revenue who are thinking about packaging their business knowing that you also reach people that are, you know, the low league marketing consultants with $10,000 of revenue. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. 
No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. How do you think about the goals from a marketing perspective when you're building a company that is ready to be sold? Well, first of all, I think you've done a great job of branding at MarTech. It's not Benjamin Shapiro podcast. It's MarTech. And I think that's a smart move. In fairness, Benjamin Shapiro was taken by the political podcaster, but I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I think that was a little bit of fate there. He did me a favor, I guess. In any event, it's a great thing because ultimately, I think you want to be able to demonstrate that the show can succeed without you somehow figuring out an essence of what you do that somebody could offer. And we call it TBR, Teachable, Valuable, Repeatable. But in essence, what you're trying to do is figure out a service or product that other people could do. And one of the biggest mistakes we see in people applying TBR to their business is they look at all the things they offer and they focus on the things that are most unique, in other words, most valuable to their customer base. Yet those are oftentimes the hardest to teach others to deliver. So what I tell people is start with what's teachable and then add something very unique to it. So again, in any sort of service business, I would suggest that you start with what's effectively teachable to employees so that you can get other people doing some of the work and then make that unique so that it's valuable to your customers. I think that's an incredibly important lesson, not only in building a business to sell, but as a marketer, mostly for the earlier stage marketers that are trying to figure out how to scale We've 12 people, I believe it's 12, it might be even more that are working on the MarTech podcast in any given week. We have an army of contractors and freelancers. And what we've done to develop our content, to syndicate it, to help us with the marketing of the show is figure out how to do something, document how it's done and finding someone else who can specialize in doing it that's less expensive and has more time than you know me or the other people that are managing the business. John, I want you to know that that process came directly out of the Built to Sell books. Have I said thank you yet? Oh, thank you. That's great. And yeah, standardizing processes is really important. Creating fancy people call it SOP, standard operating procedures. That's kind of an MBA type term. But how have you done that? What are you using, Ben, to communicate your processes? Are you using like Google Drive or are you using videos or what do you do? You know, a lot of what we're using are a combination of Google documents with pictures and screenshots. We do a lot of Loom videos showing, hey, here's what I'm doing. And then I think the thing that we've done, our secret sauce, is using project management software. We started off with Airtable. We migrated to Monday.com to make it clear what stage needs to be executed and who's responsible for it. So we sort of have all of our data that lives in this central hub. So, for example, I will record this podcast. When I'm done, I will mark it off as the interview has been recorded. 
then it will get handed to our editor. When our editor's done editing, he'll change the status and it sort of goes through this workflow and gets handed off between you know five or six people that have their individual tasks. And so that's allowed us to not only document what stage of our content production or our marketing efforts or our content syndication is, who's responsible for it, when the deadlines are. And so we have a good sense of accountability. That's fantastic. And I think that's one of the secrets to getting a business to be valuable so that it can operate without you is to, in fact, document the way you do it. And I love that you're using video. A lot of people hear standard operating procedures and they kind of get squeamish. They're like, oh my gosh, I'd never, like, I never, I don't want to write some 50 page document that no one's ever going to read. And yet you can capture so much by shooting a quick couple of minute video and just explaining to somebody, look, here's how I do it and watching your screen. And so I'm a huge believer in first documenting your processes. There's an old expression. I think Dan Sullivan is the one who coined this, or at least I heard it first from him. Perfection is the enemy of progress, right? It's the idea that a good video now is way better than some 50-page tome that's perfect two weeks from now. There's an important aspect to figuring out and documenting and sharing your SOPs. The video is great. The document is great. There's always the edge cases. So there needs to be a constant stream of communication. So the next iteration for us is not, hey, new person on the team, we're working on sort of doing a better job with our sponsor communications. Someone's coming in and managing, taking the templates that we have for our sponsor communication, and they're sending them to make sure that they happen on time and that we're doing a better job communicating with the people that pay our bills. That person gets these templates and gets a video. Each time they're sending something, they need to be able to say, hey, am I doing this right? And so there's the documentation, there's the accountability that comes from the project management software, and then there's the ongoing communication, which you know for us is like Google Docs and Loom videos to educate monday.com to get people into the system and being accountable. And then there's something like Slack, which is, I have a question about this. Am I doing this right? And the sanity check and, you know, your weekly one-on-one Zoom is also a big part of that as well. So to me, like that cycle of MarTech tools, how we've weaved those systems together allows us not only to outsource, keep our costs low, do more work. It also improves the accountability for the team and allows them to communicate in real time. That's great. And I think you're building a valuable company as a result of that. So that's great. I hope so. And I think the key here for us is automation. And I do want to talk a little bit more about automation because that's a big part of your business. So let's bring you back tomorrow and we'll talk a little bit about automating and figuring out what the automatic customer is. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to John Warlow, the president of the Value Builder System for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, John and I are going to discuss finding the automatic customer. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about John, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is John Warlow. That's J-O-H-N-W-A-R-R-I-L-L-O-W. Or you can visit his website, which is builttosell.com. The team has actually done a favor to us and created a few assets that are MarTech specific. You can go to builttosell.com slash MarTech to see some of those assets. And if you're interested in the value builder system, the website there is valuebuildersystem.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. 
Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.